Okay, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Complete Sports Media's podcast. I'm your host, Darren Campbell, and of course, joining me on a Monday to do a great weekend wrap of sports, Jason Cameron. Uh, still off of work, so we can do this uh, mid-afternoon for you. Uh, it was a little more challenging getting everything ready for our early afternoon podcast, but I've done my best, and I'm sure Jason has as well. Uh, you were probably home a lot, watching a lot of sports this weekend, a lot of basketball, the first weekend of the playoffs. Uh, how many games do you think you saw? Did you see all eight? I didn't see all eight. I'm going to be honest. I saw, I saw about, I saw at least half or five. I saw okay. five games okay. and by far and away, my favorite game, far and away, my favorite game was the Kings versus the Warriors. Yeah. That was, that was very that epic was game, awesome. wasn't it? Yeah. Love that game. Love yeah. it. Yeah, those, those two are going to be engaged in an amazing battle, it sure looks mm-hmm. like. And as long as everybody stays healthy, I think, uh, yeah, that's going to be an epic series that we talk about for years to come. And uh, incredible that the Kings were able to knock off the defending champions. Warriors have been pretty poor on the road this year, but um, getting Aaron, uh, getting Wiggins back and getting um, you know back into their playoff mode, I thought you know the Warriors would be able to handle them. But um, Kings' uh, offense is no joke. Uh, De'Aaron Fox was you know incredible, one of the best uh, playoff debuts in the history of the NBA. He just really had such a super solid game and was able to really uh, lead his team to to a big victory. Yeah, and, and coming down the clutch, which he's been like that all season. Yeah. He's been one of the best clutch players throughout the entirety of the season. Yeah, number one, I think. Uh, number, number one. Statistic-wise, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, and, and the fact that um, Wiggins came back and it didn't look like he, he lost a step. Now, granted, granted, he did miss that wide-open three, you know, at the end to tie up the game, but I would say that, I'm going to give him a little bit of leeway there. Man hadn't played two and a half months. Yeah. He had played, I think he hits that shot. No I was I, I was angry that um, they were even going for three at that point. It didn't yeah. seem like they needed it. Uh, Steph drove into the paint and tossed it out to him, but they were only, uh, I think they were only down one at that point. And yeah, uh, yeah why go for three there? Uh, you know, get it to somebody, kick it it. Kicking somebody, either go back, you know, into the paint or just a mid-range jumper. I don't, I don't agree with teams uh, shooting threes in those types of scenarios because you know it's about a thirty-three percent chance that you're getting it. And uh, you know, mid-range jumpers or you know, going right at the hoop, you're going to get fouled. It's going to tie it up, or you're going to be ahead. And uh, I, I hated them taking that three-point shot. And no matter who it was, I, I was really not happy that they were even going for it then. Okay, hold on a sec. Hold on a second. So let, let's let's say what you just said and let's reverse it. So because you said it doesn't matter who's going to take that three-point shot. Oh, so wow. If he had kicked it out to Steph Curry in the quarter for a three, you would say that would be a bad shot? Is that well, Yeah, still because it's only a 40% make. Right. You know, Steph's the best in the world, but he's only making 40 percent of his threes. So 60 percent of the time he's not making that. So even though he's the best shooter in the game, he's only hitting 40 percent of his threes. So 
Yeah, no, I think it's a bad shot in that situation. When you're down only one, go for a two. You're going to get a way higher percentage chance of sinking a two-point shot than a three-point shot. I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. But for the excitement of this series and for my sheer entertainment, I love the audacity of them going for a three. That, right. that was I, I I really did. I appreciated it. And plus, on top of that, it was a wide-open look. It's wide open look. He had yeah. time to gather himself, look it, size it up, do all that stuff. This yeah. is a shot. I get it. But at the same time, all right, it was I was all right. Was yeah. Right. But you're giving it to a guy that hasn't played basketball in two months. You know, yeah, yeah he played, he came back and played great. Well, played great. Uh, you know, he had a great game. Uh, he's gotta be rusty. I I just disagreed with them making that move at the end. And I, I wish they would have went for two and then, you know, then they're at least ahead or tied. If uh, they get a, uh, you know, if they get fouled, they're going to the line. They, they've got way more of an opportunity. Steph's amazing when he drives to the paint, he hits a lot of floaters. He gets a lot of layups and he gets fouled if he doesn't hit either one of those. So, I was shocked that they made that move, and I'm not sure if it was called or if it was something that Steph saw as he's driving towards the paint. Uh, the the other thing that sort of bothers me is that um, Keegan Murray played pretty poorly, and Demontis Sabonis only had 12 points. Um, Sabonis, uh, you know, way under his season average. Um, that worries me. That. If they play better, um, you know, the Warriors are an even uh, tougher uh, tougher sled uh, going forward. Yeah, well, the, the scoring punch was obviously picked up by Malik Monk, who had an unbelievable game, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Point, right? Yeah. So, and, you know, you could attribute it to uh, the Warriors' defense was limiting what Sabonis could do. Now, I'm not going to say that Sabonis is going to be kept 12 points tonight. I don't. I don't think that will be a thing. You know mm. what I mean. But yeah. but I do love the one thing about the Warriors that I am seeing is that now that Wiggins is back and now that uh, Gary Payton the second is back on the team, their defense is a heck of a lot better than what it ever was. Yeah. So just with those two guys. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Both. Uh, both those two guys are great. Uh, we'll see if Wiggins, um, you know, gets a little more <laughs> action. Uh, gets you know a little more familiar gets a few more defensive stops uh i love the defense um from gp obviously but he's not going to bring any scoring element uh but could von looney uh to me he was really um you know the heart and soul of that team uh just the the work that he was doing on the glass getting in the paint with the the bigs there and uh really uh, defensively had such an amazing performance against a bonus. Yes, yes. And you know what? It kind of reminded me of what he did when uh, the Warriors went on their roll last year. Kevon Looney was a was a very valuable piece to them winning again. And he's just doing it again. He's doing exactly what he does, what he needs to do. He's getting into those dirty areas and doing what the team needs of him so that they can be successful. Yeah. Uh, Steph played well. Play played pretty good. They, you know, they got scoring from Poole and Wiggins. Um, we'll see if they get that balance again. I liked what Dante DiVincenzo brought. Uh, obviously, Draymond uh, looked like playoff Draymond and was really contributing a ton. 
And uh, this, yeah, this series is exciting. Uh, I hated that they lit that beam and uh, got the win. Um, I thought the Warriors definitely uh, had a really good shot to go in there and get a get one or two games here. Uh, I guess we're gonna have to go for a sweep. I mean, uh, a split is the uh, you know best option now uh, going forward. Um, yeah, the, the the Warriors have been struggling really bad on the road this year. It wasn't um, as poor a performance on the road as I saw most of the year, but uh, they do just have to step it up a little bit more. Uh, who do you think's going to cover De'Aaron Fox and Malik Monk tonight to stop them from going off again? 70 points between the two of them. Uh, the Warriors cannot let them go off uh, like that again tonight. I, I think it's going to have to be a team effort, to be honest with you. Like, I think it's it's going to have to be – it's going to have to come from – Everybody on the team is going to have to know where those two players are, and to also know that Monk is—he's uh, been pretty savvy with his drives. So just to cut off his lanes of of where he can drive to or filter him somewhere where they have help, right? Oh, so yeah. I think that's that's definitely going to be a focus. But if 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 there's certain players that have to be called for them to be like guarded, Gary Payton the second and Williams, though those are your two guys that you're going sure. to be looking at. Um. Okay, let's switch. Uh, let's switch gears and go to the biggest upset of the weekend. Uh, Miami Heat put up a franchise record, one hundred and thirty points playoff performance, beating the number one seed Milwaukee Bucks. Obviously, uh, the biggest reason is because Giannis got hurt and uh, came back, but couldn't couldn't continue. Uh, that was just a massive shift. Uh, Jimmy buckets. Playoff Jimmy was back and he had a phenomenal game. Uh, they had super balanced scoring. Uh, I thought uh, they had a really great game plan and played and played incredibly well to get a, a victory here. Uh, supposedly Giannis isn't too hurt and they have a two game stretch between game one and game two. So he's got a little more to recover. Uh, no damage was shown in an MRI, any of the, tests they did on Giannis so uh, that's huge but Miami uh, loses Tyler Hero uh, one of their second um, leading scorers uh, broke his hand and it is out uh, allegedly for the entire T of the playoffs uh, four to six weeks at best but um, that was a massive blow to the heat but a huge victory for them anyway uh, really good to go into Milwaukee, the number one seed in the uh, league, and uh, get this huge win. Yeah, but they, you know, they they got the win, and Jimmy was awesome, thirty five points with eleven assists. But what really actually helped them was the fact that Giannis got hurt early, and he was gone yeah, early. So that so that that was that's the main thing there for me. Now sure. what sucks for the Heat. Is that one of their main guys? One of their main uh, like offensive uh, engines, mm. Tyler Hero got hurt. That's gonna suck for them because he's gone now. Giannis Jeez. is gonna come back. Tyler Hero is not coming back. Yeah. So that just makes their uphill batter, battle even. I I I I still am picking the Pucks to win this series uh, for good reason, and mm. I I also want to point out. There was one other guy that actually had a pretty good
Yes, it was in a in a in a losing effort, but 16 assists is still 16 assists. That really jumped out on the page to me. So if if Holiday and Middleton, who had 33 points, those guys can just keep doing what they do, and Giannis comes back and does what he does, I, I don't see the Bucks having a problem with it. Yeah. Yeah, I as I said, I don't think uh, Giannis's injury was too severe. Um just a, a bruised uh a bruise to his back and uh yeah it sounds like he'll be back uh only 11 minutes and you know no really uh, no impact on this game um uh speaking of impact though um Tyler Hero uh averaged 20 points a game this year that was third on the team uh four assists and uh shot 38% from three that was the best on the team only heat player with a 40 point game this season so uh yeah big blow Really tough to overcome, but um, yeah, it's good for uh, Miami if they want to win this series that they got that win. Uh, even though uh, you know Tyler went out, uh, they got lucky with Giannis being hurt. Uh, we'll see if it does impact him going forward, though. Uh, we'll mm-hmm. see if he's the same Giannis. If not, um, does Milwaukee does Milwaukee win this series if Giannis isn't hundred percent? Now that. That is a harder question to answer because if he's not 100%, the Bucs are going to have a really tough time. <laughs> They're going to have a tough time. I think they still have it within the win this series, but all of a sudden now the series goes to maybe even six, seven games right. if Giannis isn't 100%. Middleton stepped up. Uh, Middleton has had a tough year, uh, lots of injuries again, and uh, really not um, up to Middleton's standards, but uh, 33 points. And nine rebounds, four assists in 33 minutes. Um, great contribution from him. Uh, Drew, Drew Holiday, 16 points, 16 assists, and seven rebounds. Uh, that is a huge con- uh, contribution. And and Bobby Portis, 21 points and eight rebounds. Uh, Bobby was one of the reasons why they won their championship a couple of years ago. And uh, great to see him stepping up as that six man and coming in and contributing a lot for them too. Yeah, no, no, Bobby, Bobby knows exactly what he needs to do uh, to be of value to this team. And then him just even putting in 21 points, losing effort. But, you know, they're going to need him to play well if they want to go forward. I think the uh, the Kevin Love um, addition wasn't uh, really talked about as a, as a big acquisition by the Heat, but uh, it paid off di- dividends on the weekend, uh, 18 points, eight rebounds, and um, – He's a guy that's got a ton of playoff experience, has a championship uh, under his belt, and um, I think he'll be a really big X factor going forward. Yeah, I, and they, they're going to have to lean on him to pick up the, the scoring uh, that Tyler Hero would have had that he's now going to have to pick up for the team because uh, since Hero will not be available for them. Um Max Struess went off in the play-in game. Uh, didn't have as much of a contribution, but uh, he'll be relied on to hit some threes and uh, get going from outside. Um, Jimmy Butler really got most of his work done in paint. 28 paint points out of his 35 points. That actually tied a Heat playoff record with Dwayne Wade, uh, who's, who set the record in 2005 against the Pistons. So um, Butler wasn't... Um, relying on his jump shot, wasn't getting threes. He was just going to the hoop, getting some hard-earned buckets. And and that's something that, um, you know, he's really good at in playoff time. 
going in there and uh, really working dirty, getting his points and and pushing this Heat team. Uh, when they said this is a franchise record for points uh, in a playoff game, I was pretty shocked because uh, the Heat the Heat have had an incredible playoff history. But um, yeah, he was really able to throw the team on his back and get a big win and score 130 points. Uh, most teams are going to win when they score that many. Oh yeah, most teams are going to win when they score that many points. And then Butler got to his spots. He got to his spots on the court that he feels most comfortable with, where he knows he can do damage. And uh, that's within the paint. And he he, he damaged the he, uh, the Bucks quite a bit with his play. And so, <laughs> unfortunately with Jimmy, the thing that he's going to need to do for the Heat to actually be able to possibly beat the Bucks is have performances like this every yeah. night. Every game, yeah. Like, like every night. Like, yeah. I, it's a lot to ask from anybody, but that's what Buck, Jimmy Buck, Jimmy Bucket's going to have to do for them to win this series. Like that. Uh, for some reason, uh, the Bucks uh, usually lose their um, openers of series. Uh, that's their third straight. Um, they are only five and seven in playoff series openers. Uh, they won five of six of those series. So, uh, not a big worry. They seem to start slow and and keep coming back. Um, I thought Bam Adebayo outplayed Brooke Lopez uh, by a lot. Uh, Brooke Lopez is the front runner to win Defensive Player of the Year this year, and somebody that really deterred people from getting those paint points, getting those offensive rebounds, was able to really be a force in the middle. And I just didn't think. He had the same impact that he's had all season. Well, and another reason why he didn't have that same impact because he usually had Giannis to even back him up, right. or or like because you have to literally go through two twin towers to get to the rim, and so one of those guys is going to get to you. And I think Brook Lopez has been the beneficiary of having Giannis back there with him as well. Yeah. So that's that's one of the main reasons why I think Butler was so um, effective because he didn't have to deal with Giannis as well as Brook Lopez. Sure. Um, okay, what, we're, we're in the East right now. That was the number one seed against number eight. Why don't we just keep in the East and we'll go number two seed against number seven, uh, Boston Celtics against Atlanta Hawks. Uh, this game seemed pretty boring to me. Uh, I had a hard time really getting into it. Boston just seemed to be uh, the much better squad. Really just um, – this. This score even flattered Atlanta. I didn't think they were in it at all. It just didn't seem to be a very compelling game. Boston was up really big throughout, and uh, uh, it was it was tough on Atlanta. I think this is going to be a, a really tough series. I called that this is going to be a sweep, and there was nothing in that first game that changed my mind. Sweep or five games? That That's what I've always thought. Uh, with this particular series, because the Celtics are up here and the Hawks are down here. I'm sorry, like it just there's there's no real comparison when it comes to like the trajectory of where these teams are going. So I wasn't surprised to see what happened. The Celtics are just like, yeah, we're just gonna make this easy on ourselves and just gonna blow you out and then just kind of coast. Yeah, the rest of the game, and that's exactly yeah. what they did. Yeah, the only thing that kind of surprised me was the how much the Stars played for Boston. Uh, Tatum played 40 minutes. Brown played 37. Horford, White, uh, Horford and White played 38 minutes, and Smart played 32. So they were out there a lot. They're going to be a bit tired. 
Uh, this is a long playoff run that everybody expects they're going to go very, very far. I thought uh, they would utilize their bench, especially when they're up that big. Uh, they were up by uh, 30 points at halftime. Um, I thought, you know, they would be running out their bench there in, uh, the, in the third quarter and, and on into the fourth quarter. But um, Atlanta was able to, you know, mount a comeback kind of and uh, you know, make this interesting and keep those starters in there. Uh, maybe these guys will be tired in a seven-game series and they can get Atlanta can get one or two. Uh, yeah, that, that, but that's a big if. That's a, that's a big if right there. And then, you know what? I, I understand why uh, Missoula kept in his starters just in case because it's not like the Hawks don't have the capacity to start getting threes and make it make the game close all of a sudden within like a five-minute span. They do have that capacity. So I understand why he did that. And so – and then by doing that, he confirms that, all right, we're going to win this game. You guys got to stay in just to make sure that they can't have a run and that they don't have a momentum swing going their way. Sure. I just want, I want to, I want to kill that. Right. So, and then Tatum with like what, 25 points, 11 rebounds, Brown with 29 points, 12 rebounds. They did what they were supposed to do. And then you had White chipping in with another 24 points, pretty balanced scoring on the Celtics part. Very balanced. Yeah. Uh, disappointing game for Trey Young. I expected more than 16 points. Uh, he seemed to be smothered by the Boston defense and just really couldn't get going. Uh, they, Atlanta needs much more contribution. Needs probably 30 to 40 point games out of him. Uh, need yeah. in, in order to keep this close. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, they they, they need bigger games out of him. But uh, Trey is going to be bothered by their length throughout the entirety of this uh, series. Uh, but DeJounte Murray played well. He had 24 points, eight rebounds, six assists. Yeah. Uh, and they're going to need him to continue to playing well if the Hawks even have a chance here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's shift to the East number three seed, Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, absolutely just put a beat down on the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, you were – Definitely thinking that that was the case when we talked about it on our preview show last week. And, uh, yeah, that did nothing to change our minds on that. Uh, Philly was great, really, really, really super solid. And uh, the Nets, uh, Mikhail Bridges played well. But other than that, they didn't get the contributions they needed from anybody else. Um, Embiid and Harden and Tobias Harris had a great game. And, uh, yeah, very easy win for the Sixers. Yeah, because the Sixers just have a more skilled, talented team than the Nets do. Like, like, like if if Harris hadn't stepped up, then Maxi could have stepped up, or somebody else. Like, that's that's how many scorers that the 76ers have over the Nets. Like, the Nets have Mikael Bridges. It's great. Who else do you have? Oh right. no, that's pretty much that's about it. Like, you know, so he had 30 points and five rebounds. Cam Johnson was the other high scorer for the Nets with 18 points, so he had a great game. But if you have Harden with 23, Harris with 21, Embiid with 26, and then other guys that can step in and be big scores as well, yeah, yeah this is the writings on the wall. The Nets just don't have enough to compete with the 76ers. No. Yeah, bottom line, this this series is probably going to be a four or five game series too, in my opinion. Uh, the series in the East that's uh, going to be probably the most compelling, it should be when it's a four or five matchup, uh, Cleveland, New York. Uh, this was a great game as well. 
and uh, the Knicks ended up uh, wrestling home home court advantage away and uh, beat beat the Knicks one hundred one ninety seven. Uh, big win for New York and give them a lot of confidence. Uh, great game by a couple of the guys that needed to be. And uh, yeah, this is uh, this is huge for New York to um, uh, upset a team that they're not supposed to beat. Yeah, uh, the Knicks played very well, and Jalen Brunson was phenomenal in the second half. He was yeah. absolutely phenomenal in the second half. I don't like the narrative that people are like, well, the Knicks could have had Donovan Mitchell. No, nah, man, no. The Knicks got Jalen Brunson and totally changed the dynamics of that entire team with him being added to the team. So, And also, too, by the way, it was him coming up big in the second half, which was the, one of the main reasons why they won the game in the first place. All right? yeah. so, so enough with that talk. Brunson was amazing, but the other guy that was the unsung hero for the Knicks was uh, Josh Hart. Sure. With 17 points and 10 rebounds, he was absolutely instrumental for the Knicks with this game. Yeah, 8 for 11 from the field, uh, getting a double-double, and uh, that that acquisition was actually talked about quite a bit back <laughs> then, and it has just got legs ever since he's arrived there. Uh, that Knicks team has completely changed i think once he was at it oh yeah uh, absolutely they they got so much better with the, the addition of, like it was like he was their missing lego piece that's what they needed for them to finally go that next step which they have taken but again this series out of all the eastern uh playoff series this is the series that's going to be the most interesting this yeah. is the series that's going to be the closest because here you have uh, Donovan Mitchell even going off still with 38 points, five rebounds, eight assists. Garland had all right game with 17 points, but it's it's this is going to be a great series. It's going to be a battle right down to the wire. Yeah, um, Jared Allen played well, but I didn't think anybody else really stepped up for Cleveland. Yeah. Played very well. It, it really didn't have contribution from any. They had three guys that were contributing. Everybody else was pretty weak. I thought. I thought Karis LeVert would provide more, and he hasn't. Um, they're, yeah, they're, I don't know. Uh, we'll see We'll see going forward what changes. Uh, what disappoints me on the Knicks is R.J. Barrett. He's just become maybe, uh, you know, an afterthought now. I'm not sure why he's struggling, and he's just not bringing what he did previous. Uh, I don't know what's wrong, but... Um, yeah, very disappointing effort, and uh, yeah, he's starting to become a guy that um, they're not even play, making any plays for anymore, and that wasn't the case uh, for most of his career. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it, it seems to be like how about a shift in where the focus should be, and especially when Jalen Brunson got to the team, that definitely the shift has come to him, right? Yeah. Uh, I still hold out hope that R.J. Barrett will be able to come out of a shooting slump or whatever the heck he's going through right now, and that he'll be a contributor to the Knicks going forward. So um, I think what's going to be a big factor, determining factor in that is his next game and how he does his next game. Yeah. I think Julius Randle played pretty good, but uh, they, I think they expect more from him, and we'll, we'll see that come, I'm sure, through the series. Uh, okay, shift to the West. We've already talked about one of the game, uh, series, but uh, – why don't we go to Denver, number one seed against uh, number eight seed, T-Wolves. 
Uh, this was another absolute blowout. This was uh, not a fun game to watch because it was just, uh, yeah, it wasn't close, never was. And, uh, yeah, I don't tend to keep my eyes fully peeled when they're up by 30, and and uh, that's the, the whole entire thing. I, I don't know if that's you know going to be how this full series is. Uh, Denver has been the best team in the West by far, and we shouldn't, I guess, you know, be surprised that uh, number one's really kicking the crap out of a number eight this much. But I was kind of surprised that it wasn't even close. Well, I I, I thought it would be a little bit closer than thirty, but you know, I, yeah. I guess I. <laughs> uh, but you know what? You look at the again the Denver Nuggets roster. This is a team that's built to go far in the playoffs. Yeah. Like it, 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 it's it's one of the best rosters in the all of the NBA yeah. as far as I'm concerned. And Jokic didn't even need to have a big game. He, he didn't even need to do that. He's like, no, no, I got enough guys here that I I'll step up when I need to. But right. since you know we're up by oh it's like thirty, so I guess I don't have to do much. I, I don't have to worry about. It. Right. Yeah, so yeah. I, you got to love the fact that that Denver actually has a guy that's that skilled two time MVP where you can just like, I'll pick my spots when I need to be great. Yeah. And I'll just be great when I need to be right. Otherwise, I'll let everybody else. I'll make sure that everybody else is involved in the offense, because since I'm the offensive hub where everything's going to filter through anyways, and I'll make sure people are are in where they need to be. Or they're getting the ball in the spots that they need to get their uh, the ball in those particular spots. Just like with Jamal Murray, the twenty four points, eight rebounds, eight assists. Like he he was he was the feature on the Denver Nuggets, and I think that was great for Jamal. Yeah. Well, we haven't seen Jamal in the playoffs since the bubble, and uh, that was his coming out party. Mm-hmm. He took Denver super far in that in that uh, tournament and uh, really was, you know, the driving force behind why Denver played so well. He's had some injury troubles and uh, we haven't seen him for a while. So great to see him contribute and step up and be that number one score. Um, Jokic played great, I thought, but uh, they only, they only had him in for 28 minutes. And when I was talking about, uh, you know, the other teams should be looking at resting some of their, Top guys, uh, this was very smart that uh, he only played 28 minutes, didn't have to, you know, get, endure a, a very physical night, and was, they were able to get a 29-point victory. Easy. 80, 80 points. Uh, we haven't seen a playoff team held to 80 points in a long, long time. And, uh, yeah, this was good defense, good offense. And I think it really um, – it really showed that Minnesota might have made a big mistake uh, <laughs> with getting, you know, spending so much getting Rudy Gobert in the middle. Uh, he didn't play well. He's not a guy that's ever going to contribute offensively to you. Uh, they got two seven-footers in there, and they got outplayed in the paint. They got beat on the boards. Uh, it's not what Minnesota wanted. They want to have two seven-footers to – really significantly hold an advantage in that area and they didn't they were uh the second best by far in the paint yeah and they really haven't all year because like this 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 experiment that they thought was going to work has has blown up in their face it has not worked and it, it doesn't look like it's going to work in fact you could argue what 
did work, not, I guess not in the Wolves' favor, is that you had one seven-footer punch another teammate, <laughs> right? Yeah. So to, to cause strife and diversity, like, yeah, this to cause strife on the team. So that happened. But now does that is that going to be a galvanizing thing to make the team come together? Probably not. No, it doesn't look like that. So I I expect the Nuggets to win this in four or five straight. And yeah, maybe the Wolves will be able to sneak in one win because Anthony Edwards went off for a right. game. Yeah. Um, Kyle Anderson got into another beef and, uh, you know, he's one of those pests that you really don't like and nobody likes. And, uh, you know, it would have been good to see him actually get smacked uh, a little bit there. Uh, he, uh, he never took any heat over, you know, no. things that he said to go bear to cause him to punch him. Uh, he has been quite the jerk. Uh, he's neck and neck with Dylan Brooks and Draymond Green as the three super pests uh, in the league. And um, yeah, I, I don't, this team doesn't seem like they're a very cohesive team, not smart. And, you know, uh, you know, that incident, as well as Jalen McDaniels punching a wall, uh, Minnesota's really uh, in, in tough. And I, I don't see them advancing at all out of this series. No, I, I don't see it either because, like McDaniel's could have definitely helped defensively against some of like the the top scores on the Nuggets team, and now that he's unavailable, uh, that's just a, it's just gonna make it so much harder for the Wolves to even win a game. Um, switching to the other series, uh, number two seed Memphis Grizzlies, uh, they lost to the number seven seed LA Lakers. Uh, I thought there was some karma. Uh, John Morant uh, can't pull the trigger on a gun at this moment right now because uh, his hand is so compromised. And I think that was karma. I think that was the basketball god saying, uh, no gun play for you for a while, sir. And uh, once uh, once he was out, Memphis is in trouble. And if he's unable to come back, which he was sounding doubtful after the game, that he's uh, going to be available for the next game. Uh, Lakers could pull this big upset, be the number seven seed, knocking off number two. Well, honestly, I thought if anybody was going to be able to knock off or be an upset, would be the Lakers and the Grizzlies. I thought that would be the team because also too the Grizzlies are are missing two of their bigs. We're going to be out for the entirety of the series, which is Stephen Adams and uh, Brandon Clark. Right, uh, that's not going to help them in that in the middle where you have Anthony Davis is just going to be wrecking people while he's down there. And by the way, Davis, a great game. 22 yeah. points, 12 rebounds, seven blocks. Yeah. Seven blocks. He almost had a triple-double with blocks. All right? Yeah. So that, that to me, that's a great game. <laughs> but he almost uh, became uh, Anthony Street Clothes Davis, as Charles Barkley likes to call him. And uh, said he couldn't feel his arm, left the court, and was what? in the locker room for a while. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> he doesn't even last a half, and he's already injured. Uh, it looks serious. Uh, whatever they did, if they had to shoot him up or do something to get him back on the court, they were able to. But, um, my God, uh, that will derail the Lakers' chances if he can't stay healthy. And, and. And how can he? Has he ever lasted two solid months without getting injured? 
I don't remember. Maybe maybe the bubble because he didn't do anything. He just went court, home, hotel room, court, home, hotel room. I don't know. Maybe that's the only way he could stay healthy is if you keep him in a bubble. But uh, two months being healthy? Nah, he's not going to last. Well, here's the great drama about the Lakers. Can he stay healthy so that we can win? We don't know. We don't know how much longer he's going to last. We don't know if he's going to last this series. Maybe he'll last the next series. Maybe then he gets taken out for the Western Conference Finals if we make it that far. We don't know. But that's the great entertainment with Anthony Davis. We just don't know. You have no idea. Yeah. Is that entertaining? I don't see anybody being entertained by that. No. I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, the Lakers were really languishing down in like 12th, 13th place for a really long time. Obviously, that was impacted by Davis's injuries and LeBron being out. But they reshaped their roster and they were able to pick up Ruri Hachimura, Austin Reeves, get some pieces that really stepped up in this game. Hachimura had a phenomenal game, 29 points. Reeves was phenomenal. And nobody gives him any credit because he's a white guy. He's not super athletic. He doesn't look like a baller. But he comes out, and he's probably the most energetic player they got and really was one of the biggest catalysts why they were able to get this victory. No, actually, let's let's, let's take that a step further. Reeves closed the show. He closed that game. He looked at LeBron and said, stay in the corner. I got it. <laughs> stay out of my way. And then basically, yeah. and he had it. He, I was I was so impressed with Austin Reeves awesome. and how he closed the show. Yeah. Right? Like he, he closed the show like LeBron did, but I love the fact that LeBron was gracious enough and said, ah, okay, go for it, kid. You got it. I'll be yeah. right over here. Yeah. Pass the ball if I'm open. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, LeBron has always been that pass-first guy and yeah, yeah, super unselfish in, in many, many, many years of his career. Uh, took the team on his back at times when he didn't yeah. really have a lot of team to throw on his back. Uh, but, you know, he, he got he, – he really was able to just say, yeah, take a kid. You got it. Keep it up. If you don't got it, I'll, I'll turn this around and, and help out myself. But uh, Reeves is no joke. I wasn't – I, I watch a lot of the Lakers games this year and, you know, I wasn't surprised to see this effort, but uh, I think you have to wonder at times if a guy can translate his regular season success into playoff right. success. Cause it's such yeah. a different game and the, the lights are shining brighter. Uh, the teams are going to play it different and uh, he's so far, so far, so good, really incredible effort. And, and, uh, yeah, he was definitely the guy that put a pretty tight, close game to that separation so the, the Lakers could take home my home court advantage and, and get uh, get that first one. Yeah, yeah. No, he, he was absolutely incredible. And I expect him to play just as well as he did in his first game throughout the entirety of this series. I think I think he's he's gotten to the point in his career where this is this is where he evolved. This is where he levels up. Yeah. And he's going to continue to keep playing this well. Yeah, I, I like this roster. Uh, I think they, they have an opportunity to go far. I think they really do have a very legitimate opportunity to take out the number two seed. And and Jaw's going to possibly come back in this next game, but he's not going to be 100%. He already had a wrap on that hand. 
And uh, now, you know, that looked pretty tough. When he went down, it flipped back, and then he flipped back the other way. Uh, I look like it could be broken. Uh, Tyler Heroes looked less uh, like a, a broken hand than, than Jaws did. And, yeah. um, you know, when they talked to him post-game, he really sounded very, very distraught and very doubtful that he'll be available for game two. Yeah, because it looked really bad. Like, like because he went – that's the thing with Jaw. Like he, when he goes up high like that, oh, he, you know, like if he gets hit up there, he's gonna come down hard too, right? So, um, hopefully he's gonna be all right because I, I'd love to see everybody in, for this series have their weapons with them, you know, so that they can play to their to their utmost potential. But mm-hmm. if he's not there, man, then it's just another that's another positive for the Lakers to win the series. Okay, the. F- Final series we haven't touched so far. This is the four or five seed. And, uh, you know, as I said in the East, you know, the probably the most compelling matchup. Other, you know, we, we talked about the compelling matchup, uh, number three against number six earlier. But this one, too, I think this has all the earmarks of a game seven and uh, two teams really battling it out. Uh, Kawhi Leonard was the best player on the floor in oh, this yeah. game. Uh, he had Wes Brick with him, unfortunately, but uh, Russell was able to really contribute in so many other ways. I'm yeah. sure that Ty Lu won't want him to shoot 19 times anymore in the series if he's only going to hit three. Uh, but um, the, the effort that uh, Westbrook always has brought throughout his career really showed and at the end of this game, and he was the reason why they were able to really close him out. But Kawhi is the man, but it's good to have Westbrook there uh, contributing all those other things that he can. Yeah, because where he really made a difference was on the defensive end, which is the weirdest thing to say because it's like, let's talk about Russell Westbrook. Defense? But yeah, no, I think he had four or five steals. And then he made the biggest play at the end of the game where he shut down Devin Booker on his drive yeah. blocked him, and then threw the ball off his body yeah. out of bounds. Yeah. That was, was to awesome. me, I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah, so awesome. all this man had to do was, I can't play for the Lakers. You guys don't like me. So I'm going to go back to Los Angeles and play for the Clippers. And then all of a sudden, I'm good. Now, now I can play again. I can play yeah. better. But I, I will say this. It was a heavyweight tilt. I love the fact that Leonard just said, Oh, I don't have Paul George. That's fine. I'll just keep scoring then. And then that's what he did. He yeah. knocked out two threes at the end of the game to really cement the win. And and then obviously Russell with his like his last minute block on Booker when he was going to the drive to the hoop. Um, I was just I was just super impressed with Kawhi. Kawhi was made big shot after big shot. He did what he needed to do for his team to win. Um, here's the problem though. Kawhi is going to have to continue to have to have games like this throughout the entirety of this series yeah. for them to win. I don't know if he can do that for another six games straight. Yeah, they uh, they haven't announced Paul George's availability, but they say it's very unlikely that we're going to see him in this series, and uh, that's a huge blow for them. Uh, they did get scoring right down the roster, though. I was really impressed with their bench. Uh, they were able to get Norman Powell in. He played great. Eric Gordon had a good game. Terrence Mann brought brought uh, a lot to the table. Uh, I I I like this Clippers team for their depth 
and uh, their ability, but uh, only really one score. Uh, that's going to be challenging against uh, the Suns, who have KD and Booker, who are able to really put in, you know, put the ball in the hoop all the time. I, I thought both. I, I thought KD had an incredible game, really super well rounded. Booker, I thought was okay. Uh, I've seen him play a bit better. Um, they, they, they just, yeah, they just were um, outclassed at the very end in some of the crucial moments. Uh, Westbrook stood up and played that defense that you said. Uh, I expect this series to go just back and forth, though. I think both teams are going to win on each other's home court, and it's going to go seven, I think. I, I think it – yeah, well, after that performance by Leonard, yeah, that, I, I think it goes six, honestly, and I think the Suns still pull it out. But also, too, I do want to want to point out, Devin Booker still had 26 points, but what impressed me more about him – was on the defensive end again for him. Who's not known as a defender. Four steals, four blocks. Nice. That 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 was huge, man. So if you got these guys that are now stepping up in, in ways that we're not used to seeing them step up, then that changes the dynamic of the series completely, right? So yeah, I I, I think the Clippers. I'm going to give them a shot against the Suns, which I normally wouldn't have because they were missing Paul George. But after seeing that, what they were able to do. All right. Well, this is going to be a good series to watch, man. Yeah. Very good. Uh, yeah, we only have two games tonight. Uh, 4.30 tip-off, uh, 76ers net. Uh, should be probably pretty easy for Philly, game two. Uh, but then the, the game I'm looking forward to, and so is the nation, uh, Warriors-Kings, 7 o'clock tip-off, game two, back in Sacramento. Uh, let's make sure they don't light up the beam tonight. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely, I'm. I'm definitely looking forward to that, and I think uh, Steph and company are, are they're gonna they're gonna come ready to win this one, get the split, go back home. Yeah. Okay. Uh. Yeah. I the games tomorrow. There's what? Let's see. Uh. Three games tomorrow: Hawks and Celtics, Knicks and Cavs, and the Clippers and Suns is the late game. So, uh, those, uh, the game at four thirty, Knicks and Cavs. That'll be great, and the Clippers Suns. Back to back, both both those games. I'm super excited about tomorrow. And uh, yeah, we got one game in the books for all the series. Uh, next week we'll have um, yeah some of those series wrapped up, and uh, yeah we'll be able to uh, break down the series how they've gone. Some of them will be still playing, but a few of them will be done, and then we'll be able to preview the second round uh, in in some capacity. So yeah, uh, yeah, I love it, uh, man. I I got. A little OD'd on basketball. Uh, I went to I went to the tennis tournament that they had locally here. Uh, it's the World Cup of Women's Tennis, and we had some of um, Canada's great women's players playing there at the Pacific Coliseum. Um, on Friday, we were there from maybe four till nine or something like that, eight or nine, and then on Saturday that we were there from two till ten. So really long i had to go back home and watch three games of basketball once i got home and luckily uh, nobody really ruined it for me i only got one or two texts that were sort of on the edge and i just said please no spoilers but um yeah i was i was burnt out after those four games on saturday and then another four games yesterday i was like all right, I think I'm done with hoops for a little bit. I need a small break. And uh, I had recorded the UFC as well. So 
I didn't actually watch the majority of the UFC until this morning. Uh, I watched a little bit last night before I passed out, and then I got to see the rest of the card this morning. Um, uh, a, a UFC from Kansas City this time, uh, six years to the day when they first held the first UFC in Kansas City. There was a lot of um, Kansas City fighters in the crowd, in the cage, uh, great great crowd everybody loved it except bill algio he seems to not be a fan of kansas city he really ripped the uh the city and uh be, decided to be the heel as he walked out of the cage after his victory but um did you catch uh what he said about the kansas city people i i you know what i didn't i didn't i was i was on my way like uh to another part of my apartment i came back and i was just like Wait, why is everybody booing him? What did he? I I didn't understand what happened. I didn't know what happened. So what did he, he say? He uh, I'm gonna paraphrase a bit. I should have wrote it. I written it down. I was planning to, but he called them a bunch of rockhead, uber eating, butt drinking bunch of losers. And he he was he didn't he's he said uh, he was fake retiring. He had taken his gloves off and. And uh, he said, I'm never going to retire, and especially not in front of a bunch of losers in this city. I can't stand these people. And he really threw a whole bunch of terrible words against them. And uh, I don't know why he decided to do that, but uh, it was, uh, it definitely was uh, met with a very big chorus of booze. Yeah, no, it, it, uh, I, I, he may have had like an altercation with some. Some KC fans that he didn't necessarily appreciate. That's yeah. the only thing I can think of. Because yeah. isn't Algio? Isn't he from New York? Is is he? Uh, Philly, I think Philly. Philly. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, if he's from Philly, then I understand why he would rip a town because he's a Philadelphia. That's what they do. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. They're uh, they're they they don't have a great reputation for being <laughs> awesome, <laughs> awesome <laughs> fans there, and uh, awesome to deal with. So. Uh, I'm a Philadelphia big lover. I love that city. I uh, got family there and uh, always will. But yeah, it's a tough town. So, but yeah, LGO is not did not make any friends in Kansas City, and I don't think he'll be invited back. No, uh, probably um, a good idea. Yeah. Um, I guess uh, a lot of great things to talk about, but we might as well start with the main event. Uh, this is a really big battle between two of the top guys in the uh featherweight division and uh two guys that uh you know were probably in line to get a, a title shot if they get a big victory here uh arnold allen came in ranked number four 10 fight win streak second longest in usc featherweight history uh he's uh been really on a on a really big role and uh, you ju you just saw you know him coming in and having uh, you know a lot of success probably against Holloway, but Holloway comes in number two, former featherweight champ, most wins in the featherweight division history, and most significant strikes, and uh, utilized a really great uh, game plan and was able to just get a, a very very significant victory here over a tough guy. Uh, I was impressed with. Max Holloway never really wading into any deep waters, any trouble, except at the very end of the fight, yeah. uh, he, he was had a great game plan and got a big win. Yeah, he got a great, great game plan, big win. 
um, very measured in this approach. Yeah. Didn't get into any firefights, but it was it's like with Max Holloway, it's only about it's always about volume and pace. Yeah. He puts a certain pace on you, and he keeps it at that ridiculous pace for the entirety of the fight. So it's up to you, up to you to match that, and the volume of strikes that he has. Unfortunately, you're probably not going to match that no. because that's the one thing that he's known for. It just, it just, it's just an avalanche. And then before you know it, where you think you're doing well, just the the the, the gap between the amount of strikes that he's hit you with and you're hitting him with just keeps going up and up and up as the rounds go away. And then, yeah. and then that's how Holloway did it, man. At, at one point in time in this fight, I want to say maybe the second or third round, he's the first fighter ever to land over 3,000 significant strikes. Yeah. So that means it's yeah. like he's just a punching, striking machine. He's always hitting you at some point. So you yeah. don't really have a chance to really, like, you know, like take it all in or like take a breath. But to Alan's credit, he had great combos. He was in this fight from beginning to the end. It was just that Holloway was just a step above. It was just a step above the entirety of the fight. Yeah, he was. I, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I had wondered if Holloway, through all the wars that he had been in over his career, if he had, this was going to stop that ability to bring that much volume and that much pressure. Uh, this, just a perfect amount of pressure and keeping away from any danger. Uh, just a, a really perfect game plan. And uh, this is why he is one of the greatest fighters in UFC history, will be a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. And uh, okay. the movement, uh, the jab, uh, the ability to just keep a super tough guy, uh, as Arnold Allen is, just on the outside and never really got into any trouble. I loved it when Allen finally was like, let's go. And then. Max ended up knocking him down. It was a flash yeah. knockdown, but he knocked him down right at the very end there. And, yeah. um, you know, I agreed that uh, he won that decision. Uh, there was a bit of controversy, supposedly. Some people thought Allen had won uh, a couple more yeah. rounds than that. But um, I, I thought this was a just decision and a really great, great performance from Holloway. And the blessed era is back. Yeah, I know. I thought it was a great performance. I thought Allen conducted himself well and he shouldn't drop in the standings by no means oh. as far as I'm concerned from this fight but here's the thing now this is what Alan has to realize Holloway is still that good so how am I going to beat the other guy that's above him that yeah. starts Holloway think about that like, think about that think about what his mindset must be going okay that guy was really good and then the champion is actually that much better than that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tough. Yeah. Very tough. Cause Volkanovsky is so good. Um, the only thing that uh, both of them have a chance with is if Yair Rodriguez ends up beating Volkanovsky, which we don't expect, but they do fight in July. Uh, Yair is the uh, interim champion Volkanovsky. Uh, we'll we'll face him in July and we'll see what shakes down from that. But uh, I think definitely if Yair wins, Max should be the next guy up. If Volkanovski wins, I'm not sure if they'll go that way. But uh, Alan, you know, probably will get another fight in between, and maybe uh, maybe he'll knock off Ortega. Maybe it's Emmett. 
uh, but he'll he'll really be able to legitimately ask for a title shot because 10, you know, 10 wins in a row and then losing to, you know, probably the greatest featherweight of all time. Uh, yeah. no, no big troubles. Uh, you know, he, like you said, he's not going to go down the rankings much. No, I, he's not going to go down the rankings much or if at all. If not at all. Because like like I said, that was that was a great win by Holloway. But Allen didn't lose anything from his performance. Not, no. not nothing whatsoever, as far as I'm concerned. Um, okay, Coleman, not a lot to talk about. Uh, over pretty darn quick. Uh, Edson Barbosa absolutely threw a perfect knee just as Billy Quarantilo was throwing a, a right punch and trying to drop down for a takedown. An absolutely picture perfect knee that. Quarantilo was knocked out and back up and didn't even realize he was knocked out. It was yeah. such a, you know, one of those walk-off KOs. Uh, Barbosa gave him a shot on the ground just for good measure, but Quarantilo was out before he even hit the ground and, you know, was completely unaware that he got KO'd uh, when um, Keith Peterson came in and knocked, and stopped it. Uh, he was protesting because he didn't even remember it. It was so so fast and so lethal. Now that's the thing that we forget about because we haven't seen Barbosa for a while, right. and and you know just looking at him again, I always, I what I did forget was how extremely muscular that man is. There is no fat on that dude's body whatsoever. He Absolutely. is he is he is made to strike and hurt you, at yeah. at, at, at any level, right? Yeah. So when he threw that knee, I was like, oh man, that does not look good. And then it wasn't good because Corintello fell on his face. He was he done. Braced himself. He was done. It was, it was a, done. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a beautiful knockout, and it just put the put the put the division on notice that hey, Edson's still around, still super dangerous. Yeah, yeah. He's been in with all the best fighters in the division. Has never taken anybody light, and uh, has always had incredible. Uh, yeah, incredible competition. He has, you know, has his ups and downs because he has just faced some of the toughest, toughest, toughest fighters in the game. And uh, but yeah, when he can can deliver that, he's the only fighter in the UFC history with knockouts by kicks to the body, head, and legs. And he got that incredible wheel kick against yeah. Terry Adam that was <laughs> one of the most spectacular knockouts in history. And this one is chalked up on his resume as another one of those spectacular KOs. That just a, just a, just another bounty just to be added to as many that he's had over his illustrious career. Uh, Barbosa is, is, he's, he's just a striking savant really when it comes to this kind of stuff and uh, love watching the man fight. Yeah. It's, he's, he's so impressive and it's, it's incredible. I, I love it too. Uh, okay, uh, let's fly through this. Uh, we had a, uh, a stinking no good Russian fighting and the light heavyweight fight, uh, Mirza Kanoff against Dustin Jacoby. Um, Azamat, uh, actually was super dominant in that first round, probably even won that second round, I guess, uh, gassed out and Jacoby came back and was taking it to him. Uh, probably had an opportunity to finish this fight if we would have kept it on the feet. Didn't do so. Azamat ended up 
winning the fight, unfortunately. Uh, the professional, uh, you know, stinking no good Russian uh, <laughs> gets gets the victory, gets the win. But uh, he looked really impressive early, but uh, his gas tank uh, let him down later on. Yeah, it, it's, his gas tank was failing him in the third round. And Jacoby, that was his chance to possibly take him out. But he didn't have enough to do that. I was impressed with Mirzakhanov's um, uh, just with his his movements and his explosiveness into his striking, which was giving Jacoby a ton of problems because not only was he explosive and fast with his strikes, he had extreme power. Uh, yeah. Jacoby doesn't just fall over from nothing. That guy is extremely tough and durable, and he was dropped I think three times throughout the course of this fight. So. That is a testament to Mirzakhanov's power. And, uh, yeah, Mirzakhanov, I think he won the first and second round, clearly lost the third. Um, but uh, he, he won against a very, very tough individual in uh, Dustin Jacoby. The first knockdown was a left that came around and hit hit to Jacoby in the back of the head. And uh, we know that, you know, they, they outlawed that back of the head. Uh, it's usually not caught when a guy's throwing a shot like that and, and it ends up hitting a guy in the back of the head like that. But um, that was the reason why they got the first knockdown, but he was on wobbly legs and got knocked down a second time. And then yeah. you, you're right. He got a third knockdown later on, but power on this guy. Uh, you can see all the cupping on him. And I, I actually was thinking during the fight, I got to ask Jason about that. If he ever has had cupping, and then you said right uh, before we even kicked off, you said you went for some acupuncture and cupping. Uh, did do you actually uh, do you get that bruising that was all over his body that we saw there? Oh yeah, no, no, I I, I get bruising all over the place because um, like what it's and what I believe it's supposed to do for you when you get the cupping is it's supposed to relieve the tension within the muscles or between the muscles. Yeah. So it's actually supposed to get your body to somewhat relax, hmm. right? And so that's what it helps to do. And as for me, it works perfectly. It, it's All a beautiful right. thing. It's what my body needs. And I see that a lot more fighters are doing that because obviously they come into the octagon and they got all these weird circular marks on them. Um, but I think, I, I, as far as I'm concerned, I believe it works. And so, and I, it definitely seemed to work for Murzakhanov in his win. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, he he looked great early. He just got to learn his cardio. To his gas tank's got to be better than than it was, and uh, yeah, he'll be able to really take, you know, get the three win win uh, three round wins. No problem. Won't uh, you know run the risk of losing late because he's so tired out. But uh, okay, in the light heavyweight fight before that, we had Canadian Edmonton Alberta native Tanner Bolzer who's been on the podcast on a few occasions facing the Hulk, Elon Kutilaba. Um, Tanner decided finally after the behest of a lot of people, hey, you got to go down to light heavyweight. You can't have, handle these heavyweight guys. If they get you down, you can't get up. You, you cannot uh, stay in that division uh, for the first time since 2014, first time in the UFC he dropped down to the 205-pound weight. Didn't even make 205. He actually made 203. Uh, so he could have probably made that weight his entire career. Uh, unfortunately, 
took one of those bombs from the Hulk, and uh, the Hulk turned green, got mean, and <laughs> knocked uh, knocked him out. Uh, Tanner Bozer unfortunately suffered his fourth loss in the last five fights and is uh, in danger, real danger of losing his UFC uh, lifestyle. He went to social media and pleaded, "Please give me one last chance. I do have one fight left on my contract." Please give me a chance. Please uh, let me fight uh, in Vancouver in June, and uh, give me a give me a last shot. He said, you know, they might cut me, they might not, but please give me a chance, and uh, hopefully they do. That was tough to see. Really, a, a fan of Tanner. Uh, tough that he suffered this this loss. Yeah, it it kind of sucks. Um, but he looked great. Like it, like it looked like that. That definitely the 205 division, I think, is the division he should have always been in, yeah. uh, personally. Um, the thing that actually kind of struck me as I was surprised at, that I didn't think I would, I didn't necessarily think I would be surprised at, is that it seemed that Kudalaba was the more powerful more powerful guy walking in. Right. Which is, I wasn't expecting that because he was coming, in, coming down from heavyweight to light heavyweight, right? So mm-hmm. I thought he would have that on Kutalaba, but that was just, that was just simply not the case. That was yeah. not the case. So yeah. I was surprised at that, and Kutalaba made short work of Bozer, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, yeah. Bozer took to social media and apologized to you know. He said to my fans, to the UFC, to my country. Uh, yeah, really seemed distraught over this loss, and it, it seemed to hit him. Really badly. Um, I I don't think he has anything to apologize for. Um, he just got caught. He just got caught by one one shot. Uh, he was trying to get up, and you know I think if he would have got up, he you know it might have it might have turned out fine for him. But uh, Keith Peterson was getting closer and closer, and then yeah. once his head rocked back a couple yeah. times from these shots, uh, he just didn't let him get up, and and that was all she wrote. Um, hopefully the UFC. Does do him a solid. He's done the UFC a solid and had had a, uh, a you know a good career for them. I hope they allow him to fight um, just in Vancouver. A very a hop and a skip from Edmonton just gets on a short flight, comes here. Hopefully we'll see him here. Uh, if we do, hopefully we'll get him on the podcast and uh, we'll we'll talk to him about uh, you know facing a you know a tough crisis moment here where you know his UFC career could be over if he suffers another loss but hopefully he can get back more into that light heavyweight body uh he looked great i thought he looked cut he um you know looks like that's the weight he could be at uh you know for the rest of his career if his ufc career does end um you know no no shame in that uh you know there are a lot of other fighting promotions out there we talk about them bellator pfl uh, there's others um, that uh, you know you can go in and and make a lot of money and and uh, you know even regional circuit fights that he's fought on over his career. So uh, yeah, don't don't say you know don't be feeling like you let us down so much. Uh, you know I, I we're we're okay. We appreciate that the Canadians there giving their all and uh, you know you're going through a tough stretch, but so have most of the best fighters in the world and a lot of them have come out of it and uh, you know get back on a winning streak yeah absolutely absolutely like it you know this is his, just his first time around in the ufc doesn't mean that he can't come back and then have a better go around for the second time around just like 
Well, with the fighter we just talked about, Dustin Jacoby, first time around, didn't go very well for him in the UFC. This is now a second time around. It's going right. a heck of a lot better for him. So yeah, very good point. You're right. Yeah, since he's been back, he's been really good and uh, yeah, very impressive. And you're right. There's there's been a bunch of guys that have come back and and had second opportunities and have done well. So um, okay, the uh, the the bantamweight fight between Pedro Munoz and Chris Gutierrez, uh, one sided. Uh, Gutierrez just really never got off. Uh, Munoz was the better fighter in this one, really. Um, it was very, it wasn't an exciting fight. I didn't feel it uh, was just a uh, stand-up battle that uh, Munoz just was a bit better and, and got the win. Yeah, and I, I think Gutierrez was uh, very cautious after he got knocked down right away in the first. He felt Munoz's power, and I think that uh, discouraged him from throwing his strikes. Right, like so throwing throwing his combinations and stuff, and Munoz just took it to him. Um, I think he knew that he was worried about the power coming back at him, so he felt that he was in control of the fight, and he was in control of the fight. Yeah, and uh, Gutierrez just—it looked like to me he felt stifled, like he like he was unsure of what he should throw or how he should attack Munoz, just to mitigate the fact that the power was coming back at him. So he didn't want to get knocked down again. So, and I think that limited Gutierrez. So yeah. great win yeah. by Munoz. Very good. Yeah. These are, these are, uh, you know, some really tough guys, uh, ranked fighters. And um, yeah, it was a very impressive. By Munoz, um, he went in as the underdog too. And, and uh, yeah, I, yeah, the, the young punisher is still in there and fighting tough guys and, and getting a, a nice win. Um, Clay Guida back, uh, you know, constantly we're seeing amazing things from Guida. How many, uh, he's the fourth, he has the fourth most fight time in the UFC and has the uh, third most wins and most appearances and, you know, many, many, many records that he continues to break, uh, just been a staple in the division. Uh, they put him in a little bit of a tough Sled here though they uh, I think they overmatched him uh, against uh, Hafa Garcia and Hafa went in as the biggest favorite and and really was able to dominate. Uh, this this wasn't the matchmaker's best doing. They shouldn't have um, you know put these two together. But uh, great to see Guida and great to see uh, you know a Hall of Famer still going out at 41 years old. Uh, he was also a guy that took off his gloves. Uh, said no, I'm just faking you out. I just wanted to talk on the mic and uh, say shout out, happy birthday to my mom, and happy birthday to some other kid and all that. Uh, so he's not going anywhere uh, and still entertaining us. But he was overmatched and, and definitely uh, did not win this fight. Yeah, um, Rafa didn't actually have to do much because yeah. what I was expecting from Guida was that he would at least try some takedowns, try to mix in his wrestling. Which yeah. he didn't do whatsoever, at all. Like yeah. I was, I was shocked at that. Strange. And, yeah, it was strange. Yeah. And then, unfortunately, Guida is somewhat limited within his uh, uh, striking portfolio. He, he doesn't have as many as Rafa does, or he's not as adept as as Rafa is. So Rafa, all he had to do was just do a couple things within the striking, keep him at distance, and pop the jab. And he busted him up with that jab. Oh man, did he ever yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. His, face was, his face was hamburger meat. And he uh yeah, really 
give them yeah gave them a, a tough beating so um yeah it's it, it wasn't my favorite i really wish they would have um, done a better matchmaking on that and uh, hopefully going forward they'll do that we'll talk about some older guys uh pretty soon here that we're also on this card and uh, i think one of those guys facing him would have been better you know you got to get i think uh you know if it's a young guy not a guy that's that tough and that uh you know on the rise so um yeah we'll we'll see uh i mentioned bill algio off the top um he uh him and tj brown got the 50k for their fight of the night uh, oh yes yeah. this was a uh really impressive very fun fight uh algio got his nose broken early uh so did tj and then uh they just kept at it um algio finally got that uh submission win in the second round pretty early on and uh yeah as i said uh did not make any fans kansas city but uh made some fans around the world uh got a really big win over a tough guy oh uh, no this was a great fight back and forth back and forth they got as good as they gave you know what yeah. i mean yeah. and then in that second round when algio snuck in that sneaky left elbow at first, I thought it was like a like a like a stretch like a like a punch. Yeah, exactly. Elbow. That's a really down. really really close little short elbow short that elbow. took him down. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought that was beautifully snuck in there, dropped Brown, put him in the crucifix position, then got to his back and then snuck sunk in the rear naked choke. Beautiful win by Algio. Yeah. Um, and then he got on the mic and said how much he really, really did not like the Kansas City fans. So good for him. Uh, but great win by Algio against the very tough TJ Brown. This was by far and away, as far as I'm concerned, this was the best fight of the night because they were actually pretty well matched and pretty equal in all parts. Yeah. Speaking of 50K bonuses, uh, Brandon Roy Val also got a 50K bonus for his flyweight win over Matias Nicolau, uh, both ranked fighters, both um, really, really talented guys. Roy Val gets the huge knockout victory, and uh, it was, uh, yeah, just a brutal knee knockout as well. Um, yeah, it uh, it was another one of those ones where you're like, whoa, holy cow, that was crazy and uh, just a perfectly executed knee. Perfectly executed knee, and then uh, just to finish it off, just in case, vicious elbows for ground and pound for the win. I was actually very impressed with what Voival had to say post-fight, if I remember correctly. I don't want to be on prelims anymore. I think it was something to that. To yeah. that, no, I, I I don't want to do that anymore. And you know what, Voival in his weight division, he's ranked number four. I think he might have a point. Yeah. I think he might have a point. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, like you look at uh, the main card, and you know they should have been on the main card. I don't understand that. It's uh, a four versus five, man. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's crazy five. that Guid is on the main card compared to these four versus five in the flyweight division. Uh, and and these two always bring it. They're both yeah. amazing. You, this was, I I thought it was going to be fight of the night. It didn't turn out to be, but I thought. These two were incredible and, uh, you know, so weird that uh, they're not even the feature fight on the prelims. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, we talked about the matchmakers. Uh, they also must set up the lineup. And uh, this was a very strange spot for these two fighters to be on the card. Yeah, yeah, it was 
they should have been on the main card. Uh, like point blank, they should have been on the main card because, come on, man, they're four and five in their division. Like what? What? What is? Did they have to be two and three so that he could make the main card? Like, what are you talking about, man? Weird. Yeah, very, very strange. Um, I don't think I mentioned uh, when we talked about Edson Barbos, uh He did get 50K as well. Uh, one of the performance of the night uh, fights uh, to to do that. And the other performance of the night, we haven't got to her fight yet. Jillian Robertson, Canadian, got a really nice win. Uh, the submission queen gets another one. But uh, let's just... Touch on a fight that has that had a, a finish, an outcome after the finish that has never been seen in the UFC before. Two fighters retired after a fight has never happened in the UFC history. Um, we saw uh, Zach Cummings, 38 years old, Kansas City native, got the biggest roar of the whole entire night uh, being a hometown boy fighting a 42-year-old short Pius Herman who looked good walking into the cage but did not look good in the cage. Uh, definitely realized that he didn't have it anymore, and I'm glad he decided to hang it up. I think Zach might still have it and might be able to continue, but he's decided, no, he was walking away. They both took their gloves off in the cage and both called it a career. Uh, Zach really beat up Ed really severely badly and uh look you know made it really excited that hometown kansas city crowd uh but yeah it's good they both walked away uh zach on top ed when he should have and uh it's it was uh yeah it was funny to see both guys gone retired after the fight you know what this fight reminded me of just two old men decided just finished drinking some beer at the bar said all yeah. right let's yeah. go for one more one more, just one more fight. Like, you yeah. know, like I, that's what it, that's what it reminded me of. The fact that Zach Cummings was even able to come back for one more fight is impressive in itself. Yeah. As they're detailing his problems with his back that he had, the fact that he couldn't even get out of freaking bed with his back issues. So the fact that he was even able to get into the octagon to fight one more time is impressive in and of itself. Yeah. And when you saw Cummings fight against Herman, thing I saw with Ed Herman was that I think he was thinking of what his body needed to do, but his body didn't react to whatever whatever it needed to do. It just didn't react. Like, you took those punches, and I'm like, I remember Ed Herman having some head movement as opposed to none. Yeah. Zero head movement. Like, no. I remember he was able to do that. It was, it was to me, it looked to me that Ed Herman definitely should be his last fight. Because yeah. he doesn't have it. He's still tough as all a get up. You know, like it took Cummings till the last minute of the third round to finally put him down. Right? right. After taking yeah. that much damage, which is just incredible. But still, Cummings did win the fight. I'm glad they both like retired when they did. It was actually pretty emotional. Even for me, I was just like, oh, man, I don't even know why I'm tearing up. I don't know why. <laughs> but it was cool to see. It was very cool to see. Uh, Zach's little girl run into the octagon and give dad a hug and stuff. It was it was cool. Like yeah. if if you're gonna retire, I think that's the best win or lose that you could have asked. And from two guys that definitely respect each other too in the game oh. when they fight each other. So yeah. I thought it was pretty cool. 
Yeah, uh, Ed Charfuse Herman, uh, you know, incredibly long career. He was on uh, The Ultimate Fighter 3. And, uh, you know, uh, those most of those guys are long, long, long since retired. Um, you know, I think uh, Michael Bisping was on that and he said, yeah, I've been retired for five years at least. And, you know, yeah, we, we haven't seen most of those guys um, be able to last as long. And, uh, yeah, incredible. Uh, you know, tough as nails, even in his last fight where he was getting beat up real bad, no quitting this guy, just continued to uh, try to battle and, and and pray for a win, but it wasn't coming. His his body uh, is shut down for him, and it's good he's uh, closed down his career, and uh, I'm sure he'll have a, a great career coaching, uh, running a gym, uh, being able to contribute to the youth coming up uh, for the uh, for the next wave of fighters coming through the UFC. So, um, yeah, good luck to both of those guys, and, and hopefully they have long lives after their UFC career. Um, okay, I mentioned Jillian Robertson, a Canadian girl. Hey, She scored her seventh UFC submission finish, uh, beating uh, Piera Rodriguez, who was undefeated coming in. Um, I thought, uh, yeah, Rodriguez was going to give her a really bad uh, run for her money, but uh, that arm bar, uh, it was it was really brutal. It was sunken. I, I know that this is controversial because she said she didn't tap, but if she didn't tap soon, it was going to break. It was going to be severely, severely damaged. Uh, it it was sunken. There, there was no way she was getting out of that. So, you know, she said she didn't tap. I saw a tap. It wasn't a very distinctive long tap, but it, there was a tap there. And, you know, I I... I think that it was a just stoppage. I had no problem with it because the, here, here's what would have happened if she goes, okay, I didn't tap. Okay, she did tap. She didn't do tap, tap. She tapped no, once, once and then thought about it thinking that she could hold on, but she could no. not. All right, so let's, let's, let's replay how this would have been. Okay, so the ref goes, okay, that's not a tap. I'll just wait for your arm to break. There it is. Oh. Fight is over. Right. <laughs> like yeah. that's what actually would have happened. Yeah. Your arm would have went that way. You would have not been able to fight now for the next couple of months. Not make any money. That's what would have been your future. I yeah. think the ref actually did you a favor by stopping the fight when he did. Yeah, we're done. Um, I I forgot to mention that Azamat Rock uh, Marek uh the Russian guy that you know I. I didn't say he, nice so much. he actually broke his left arm at the end of the second round and they uh they went the distance um he uh he said yeah he could barely throw it in the third round but uh continued on uh yeah that was his third straight win and he's asked for a top 10 guy another super tough guy that breaks his arm and just continues to go on maybe we see rodriguez have her arm broke and goes on but uh, Robertson's not going to let go even after it's broken unless the oh. referee's gotten in there. And the referee oh. jumped in to stop it. So she's, uh, you know, the legitimately the winner. And and uh, Rodriguez can complain all she wants. But, uh, you know, it, we, we saw a small tap and we saw that armbar sunk in. Yeah. Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't getting out of it, no matter and what. Also too, yeah. Okay. So, and if, if she does break the arm, it's not like the ref is not going to notice your broken arm and call the fight. Right. He's not gonna be like, ah, I think she's still got a little bit more fight left in her. Let's see what else she's got. <laughs> Come on, man. No, fight's over. Fight's yeah, over. fight's over. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, uh, Lando Venata, groovy. Um, our friend Scott Holborn is one of his top uh, fighters. Uh, one of the guys he likes the most. Always loved uh, Lando's movement. Uh, he was able to um, get some big wins in his in his early in his career, uh, but he lost a decision to Daniel Zell Huber. I uh, want to make any comments on that one. I well, first off, I love Venata. I, I do like the way that he approaches the fight game. He was beginning to figure Zell Huber out, but at the end of the day, Zell Huber's boxing was on point. He was able to keep the men at length use his length to his reach to his advantage, which was a huge advantage at that. Venata was, you know, being creative within his uh, striking angles that he was trying to get on Zell Huber, which he was able to get here and there. But for the, for the most part of this fight, Zell Huber controlled the action with his uh, striking, with his uh, length, and uh, got the win. And Zell Huber's very, very good. Very good. Yeah, very good. Impressive for sure. Uh, and Denise Gomes gets a uh, really big knockout of the Brazilian Bruno Brazil. Uh, nice brutal knockout there, and uh, yeah, that was that was kind of what kicked off the uh, uh the main prelims that uh, I saw. Uh, yeah. Yeah, impressive performance by her. Yes, very impressive performance by Gomes. Uh, when she knocked uh, uh Brazil down with a huge right hook, and then some big time ground and pound to finish her off. Um, okay, we uh, we have a, a UFC fight card uh, coming up this coming Saturday. Um, the main event has a heavyweight battle between uh, Sergey Pavlovich against Curtis Blades. Uh, both really tough guys. This should be this should be a hell of a heavyweight battle. I'm I'm actually really excited. I think the matchmakers did a good job with this one. No, no, they they they, they knocked it out of the park with this one. This is actually a good one. And I believe they knocked it out of the park for their co-main event, Song Yudong against Ricky Simone. Yeah, that's a good one. That good. that might be your fight of the night. Okay, you're calling. Okay, uh, <laughs> I love I love Bobby Green. Glad he's on the card. Super fun fighter. Gets to fight yeah. Jared Gordon. Uh, always, always, always uh, brings a, a very fun, 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 fun performance. Uh, Jeremiah Wells, Matthew Samuelsberger should be a really good way of kicking off the main card. And um, who else? Uh, Ronnie Yaya, Montel Jackson should be good. That should be good. Yeah. And um, and we can see another, Usman, another yeah. heavyweight battle between Mohamed Usman and Junior Tafa. Uh, and uh, yeah, want to mention anything else? Um, nope. Nope. That's it. Um, I'm looking forward to that Montel Jackson, uh, Randy Yaya fight. I think that'll be pretty, that should be a good one. Yeah, should be a really good one. Um, so that fight kicks off, uh, prelim start at one o'clock Pacific, four Eastern, uh, four o'clock Pacific, seven o'clock Eastern for the main card. So, uh, make sure you tune in a little early for that. Uh, some unfortunate news we heard today, uh, Charles Oliveira has, uh, had to pull out against his fight for USC 288. Uh, was supposed to take place. It's supposed to take place May 6th uh, in New New York, Newark, New Jersey. Um, he was supposed to fight Benel Dariush, and uh, he has suffered a training injury during wrestling practice and had to pull out. Um, 
very disappointed. Uh, yeah, it was really tough. I was looking forward to those two guys doing battle. And um, yeah, I guess um, yeah, we'll have to settle for Aljamain Sterling's Henry Cejudo on that card. But uh, this was going to be the Cole main event. And um, yeah, it's too bad uh, he got hurt. Yeah, that sucks. But what I, I would definitely love to see from the UFC is, and hopefully Benil's not in a hurry to get back in the octagon. Wait, because I think that's a fight that needs to happen between those two. Um, supposedly they're looking at putting it on the Vancouver card. So that would be a big, that would be a big win for us. Um, those, those tickets go on sale to the public, uh, on Friday. Uh, and I think there's some, I think there's some early tickets that I'm going to buy on Wednesday. So I got early access to tickets on Wednesday. So I'm going to buy one for, I'm going to get like, Four tickets. I know you're coming. Uh, Stefan's coming. We'll probably get Scott to come or whoever. And uh, yeah, we're, I'm going to get some great seats. And um, hopefully they rebook it for uh, Vancouver and we'll be treated to something awesome. Well, hopefully they do that. And hopefully they 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 book some other like awesome fights yeah. for that card. Because yeah. like, you know, like I said before, you haven't been up here for like four years. You haven't done nothing. Yeah. So give us something. Yeah. Give us great fights. I'm not yeah, just I, asking. I'm demanding. <laughs> yeah, I listed off a bunch of fights that I had heard about, and it looks like a pretty good card. Yeah. Um, obviously, the main event at this point is Amanda Nunes, Juliana Pena three. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there was um, you know, quite a few good matches that uh, I look forward to to seeing. And um, yeah, I'm I'm excitedly going to buy tickets. There's been a few cards here that weren't moving the needle much for me, but uh, this one, I think they're going to uh, really put some good talent on it. Uh, I, yeah, you, you've mentioned it, the talent before. There are some definitely some good fights. I just would like them to add some more great fights. Yeah. Really put it over the top. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Um, PFL happened over the weekend. Um, I mentioned uh, it Going in, uh, Olivier Oban Mercier was able to get the big win over Shane Hurricane Burgos. Uh, dominated him all five rounds. Uh, really wasn't in any trouble. Seemed to be the better fighter here and, and got a big, big win over Burgos, who had a, a very great USC career and um, came in, was uh, given a, a very big opportunity off the bat, but Oban uh, Mercier, the Canadian, was able to get the win and and move forward. Ah, the Canadian gets it done. Uh, uh, super impressed with that. The fact that he was able to get that big win over Burgos, who's a very good fighter. Yeah. Uh, last note I want to mention is the um, NFL no- news today that Jalen Hurts signed a big five-year deal with the Philadelphia Eagles to remain their quarterback for the next Half a decade, two hundred fifty-five million over five years, uh, hundred and eighty million guaranteed, uh, sixty-one million uh, a year to start to becomes the highest-paid QB in the NFL, and uh, earned it after a phenomenal year last year, leading the team all the way to the Super Bowl, and uh, maybe he can go one better this year and uh, capture the title. Um, nice to get him to wrap this up. And I'm sure um, 
Lamar Jackson and others are uh, looking at this as uh, another uh, signing that they hope they can sort of reach or match, and uh, we'll see going forward. But uh, big signing by the Eagles, and uh, good for Jalen getting his money. Yeah, huge. Um, and also, too, it just signifies that, you know, like quarterbacks are they're on this upward trajectory of making more and more money. Um, also, maybe it signifies something of this is where the, the owners are willing to go to for guaranteed money for quarterbacks. Right. Maybe there's a limit and maybe that's the limit that Jalen Hurts has just gotten to right now with that 180 million or whatever guaranteed money. Yeah. Maybe there's a limit. And maybe that's what they're trying to tell Lamar Jackson by saying, no, no, no. That other thing was an outlier. The <laughs> limit is 180 million. That's where we're willing to go to. Maybe yeah. for you 190, but not much more than that. But definitely yeah. not 200. You know, so yeah. maybe, maybe that's a, maybe that's what it is. But I'm super glad to see that Jalen Hurts got his money, especially after his Super Bowl performance of that of that effort that he put in. Yeah. He deserves that. Oh yeah, he that, he deserves that. Very impressive year and uh, yeah, great playoffs and yeah, he deserves it. And I think yeah, Lamar better um, temper his expectations and and come down. Maybe just say okay, I, I see what the market is one seventy five guaranteed. Yeah. Now give me that and yeah. uh, let's move forward. And uh, yeah, hopefully um, you know he'll get his wits about him and we can see him going forward and uh, bringing his his incredible talents back to the Ravens and. And uh, gets to throw to OBJ, they might have a phenomenal year. Or, or he sticks to his guns, says, I ain't playing for less than 200 million guaranteed. And then somebody caves and says, Forget it, I'm going for it. Yeah, Gonna give him his money. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how this works out. But either way, I'm looking forward to it. And either way, what, however this ends up, Lamar's going to get paid something, he's going to make a lot of money. And he's going to be set for the rest of his life. So that's good, too. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, good for him. Exactly. Um, okay, we're just moments from tip-off. Uh, it's good we got the podcast done before the basketball. Uh, the Sixers are hosting the Brooklyn Nets uh, for their game, two, And obviously that game tonight, Warriors and Kings, is going to be exciting. Uh, it's the first opening night of the NHL playoffs as well. Lots of games uh, kicking in, so... Uh, lots of Canadians are going to be couch surfing. Obviously, lots of Americans watching a ton of basketball and hockey, or both, or one or the other. Uh, yeah, huge night in the playoffs, and and uh, yeah, it's going to be a great week for going forward. Thanks for doing this early, so we could uh, watch the basketball tonight and uh, enjoy our night going forward. Oh uh, yes, well, thanks for having me on as usual. It's always a pleasure, and uh, now it's time to watch some basketball, my friends. We'll talk later. Okay, sounds good, buddy. Cheers. Take it easy. We'll talk soon. All All right. right. Bye-bye. Okay, that wraps up another great podcast of Complete Sports Media Network. Uh, Man, we, uh, yeah, we've been doing this for a couple of years, and it's fun. I hope you enjoy it as much as we enjoy it uh, doing it. Getting a lot of great viewership, getting a lot of good subscribers. Um, thanks so much for everybody telling your friends and family and uh, expanding our world. I uh, want to thank our partners and sponsors. Uh, do want to start with Anchor.fm, the easiest place to make a podcast. Phenomenal at posting on multiple podcast platforms for us. So just go to Anchor.fm and you can do what we do here. 
Uh, Verbero, the hockey equipment and apparel company, an industry leader in technology, performance and value, and the B356 is a must-have. Pampas Impossibilities, uh, they come into your home, give it some West Coast vibes, make it look beautiful and pretty, and uh, really spruce up your home. Uh, you can find details on our website. And also on our website, you can find some products from Forever Living, the aloe vera company that has health and beauty products, uh, industry leader. They are just uh, absolutely phenomenal products, and I use them in all areas of my home. So, um, yeah, uh, go there. You'll be able to get some great products at a discounted rate online. Uh, love you. Thanks a lot. Thanks for all the comments. Thanks for all the likes. Thanks for all the subscriptions. Uh, and there's more and more coming. Uh, we had such a great time at the tennis. We're going to put some good stuff on our website, put some stuff on um, Instagram over the weekend, and uh, hope you like that. And, yeah, we will um, see you soon. Love you guys lots. Have a great week ahead. Uh, spring is uh, in full bloom. Uh, man, the uh, cherry blossoms and all the beautiful trees are, are so nice. I see so many people taking pictures. I saw some wedding parties out at the airport where they have all the uh, cherry blossom trees there. Um, yeah, you can really feel it in the air, and uh, it's going to be a great spring going forward. So love you guys lots. Take care of yourself. Have a nice week ahead. We'll, we'll see you soon. Bye for now.